Hello, I'm Kirk LaPointe, publisher and editor-in-chief of Business in Vancouver. We're pleased at BIV to present this series of podcasts this week on the future of education. The classroom for all ages, for students and instructors, is going to be much different in the pandemic. And our guests this week are going to discuss how it will be so. We thank the British Columbia Institute of Technology, BCIT, for its support of this series. And now to the conversation. Welcome to BIV Today, the daily business news show from Business in Vancouver newspaper and BIV.com. I'm reporter here at Business in Vancouver, Tyler Orton, and this week we are focused on the future of education, be it from reskilling adults to or maybe just looking at the new reality of K-12 through students in the classroom. But with us today, it is Jeremy Shackey. He is the CEO of Lighthouse Labs. And Jeremy, I want to thank you for joining us on the show today. Thank you so much for having me, Tyler. And for those that don't know, what is kind of the the mission, the mandate of Lighthouse Labs? So our mission is to efficiently prepare the workforce with the skills necessary to leverage a future with data and technology. Um, For us, we are looking at the fact that jobs are changing, whether it be from automation, globalization, or just new tools coming into the workplace. Uh, And we're trying to prepare the workforce uh, with the skills that they need, not just so that they can keep their jobs or hold on, but actually so they can flourish in a future that is much more technology enabled. And we focus uh, primarily in code and data. We have obviously seen from across the country uh, still a lot of conflict and consternation about how you know K through 12 students are going to be going into the classrooms. But how have you guys been adapting in order to um, you know give these lessons, give this knowledge to the adults that you guys are working with? Yeah, it's been it's been an incredible ride. Uh, something that I you know would have never obviously nobody could have imagined what was coming. Uh, but it really it it really opens up and challenges every single principle that you kind of walk into education with, uh, especially in the education space. Um, how people engage, how people socialize, how important is social interaction for people's motivation when they're learning. So we've gone completely online. Everything is online right now. Um, it went really quickly and it's been really strong. I think being a school that focuses so strongly on development and has a remote team, we have people all over the place. Um, our tech was quite well enabled to move ourselves over to exclusively online. The results have been excellent. We do a lot of evaluation and assessment and our results of graduates are where they should be. So we're really happy about that. That being said, there's all the social aspects of what people miss when they come to a school like this. It's something we've been working really hard to build up. And luckily, we have teachers that feel very comfortable with it. We're talking to a lot of the K-12 and even university space. And I think that's where the real challenge is, is when teachers aren't prepared for it. Uh, it can make a huge difference. Our work is very hands-on. We are primarily hands-on project-based education. And because of it, uh, it's quite it's quite much a lot easier to have our curriculum done online than, let's say, a primarily lecture-based school. Well, do you think that could one day turn into a permanent thing? Or is there something about just being in the classroom that uh, you can't quite replicate if you're doing it permanently, remotely? Um. I think the best way that we are going to build education in the future, whether that's right after right after COVID or not, is that the options are there on any front and that it's easy enough for people to decide what actually makes sense to them. I think there's a lot of people who are stronger learners online and have the right workspace to do it than they are in person. Some people really want to collaborate, socialize. Some people are visual learners. Some people are interactive learners. So 
I think having education be able to be broken down more for the customer and the student as opposed to how a school works with a timeline and a medium that they want to deliver it in is something that I have a feeling this is really going to push education to do, which is think about flexibility for your learner more than thinking about how you can build your school the best way for your own business. Do you think there's room then for, you know, more of those hybrid models to emerge in education as we can find out what works best with remotes versus what works best with, you know, kind of that in-class learning? I think what you'll see is in the next year to two years, a lot of schools really tout hybrid as a differentiator. And I think what you'll see is in five to 10 years, hybrid won't be a differentiator because I think there's going to be a lot of schools that are hybrid. I think people are going to have to, they're just going to have to find that medium that is happy on both fronts. So there's going to be online components, there's going to be in-person components, and schools will really differentiate with how they blend those two things, not that they are blending those two things. What have your observations been just in the last, you know, say five months about the types of students that are being drawn into uh, the, the world that you guys can help them out with? Because I, so much economic uncertainty, I wonder if now is the time for people to kind of rethink careers and see what the technology sector can offer, whether it's a new career jump or if it's just, you know, ups, uh, upskilling themselves at this point. Yeah, so I, I liken it with my team to uh, there's a lot of people out there who have something that they wish they could buy and really want to buy. And sometimes it's the money, like getting a big windfall of money that makes them decide they want to buy something. And sometimes it's actually that things aren't going well, that they say, you know what, I'm just getting that one thing that I want to get. And I'd say what's happening with COVID is there's a lot of people out there who are kind of unhappy with their careers. So two things happened that really changed everything, which is there's a lot of people who got let go and said, okay, well, this has happened to me and now I'm going in that direction. Um, I'm going to take schooling. I'm going to go take education. I'm going to change my career up. And then there's a lot of people who've been sitting in their jobs and are still sitting in their jobs, maybe making less money, maybe more worried about their future. And I think what's happening in the world around us is people are contemplating what they want in their life a little bit more. You're seeing it when people talk about how much they want to live in a city or rural, how much they want to own their house and what kind of space they actually want to live in. You're seeing it how people talk about who they want to be around and how they are how they felt they were too busy beforehand and they want to change that schedule and the schedule has been good. We're seeing it from a work front. Career-wise, I think there's a lot of people who've been very nervous and anxious and our customers and the people who are coming now as students, um, the biggest change is these are people who've been thinking about this for a while. They're just deciding now is to make is the time to make that change, whether it's because they got laid off or just because they, they've started contemplating their future more substantially. Um, what we're also seeing is that those same students are much more comfortable with learning online and not a fear of missing out. That term FOMO, um, FOMO is a very real thing in education. When you have so many choices in front of you and when you could be going to school or could be doing other things, when you could be online or could be in person, um, people are constantly trying to figure out if they made the right decision. When it comes to online right now, there is no in-person for anybody. And I think, our, I think all learners are better learners online primarily because they don't have an option to think about it differently. And they're having to adjust to it. And that's a really big impact on a lot of schooling that is going online. It's not to say the students don't complain or don't look at it in the different schools that we've seen. It's all to say that students are more ready and adaptable to what they have to do to learn as opposed to getting concerned about 
well, online has this limitation versus in-person has this one. This is the only medium right now. And it's made a big difference on how, how much people learn. It's almost like a recognition that everybody's kind of on the same playing field right now. So if you want to keep up with everybody, yeah, you're going to be online, obviously. Absolutely. Um, and I would say that the only other thing that we've really seen is Lighthouse released a huge set of scholarships. Um, and the scholarships were all oriented at helping people who'd lost their job or school had cut out or had just had their hours cut because of COVID. We still have those scholarships going on. I actually think finances is the last part where when people are evaluating education across the board, including university, I just saw that 20% of the first years in Harvard are choosing to defer. And I think they're choosing to defer because people are worried about how they're spending their money and whether they're getting value and whether they can afford it and trying to think about security a little bit more. So when we release scholarships, we saw a lot of people come towards us that said, okay, well, maybe this is the right time to spend that money, especially because potentially I can get the education for a little bit cheaper than it normally is. But we see finances being a way bigger factor in people's decisions than they usually are. And I think that speaks to the time and the insecurity people have currently. And uh, you're being uh, very humble, but I'll, I'll let our uh, viewers and listeners know, though, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it was about $500,000 worth of scholarships that you guys have been distributing. Is that correct? Yeah. So we actually, in March, we launched $500,000. Uh, it was just, a, it was a decision that we felt we were just going to go do for the community. We had no idea how it would impact anything. Uh, it was amazing. Like we got, and the stories we get are just they're well beyond anything Lighthouse represents. They're just people's life stories and why it is so important that they make these switches now and why these scholarships are so important to them. Um, and so because of it, and considering we're a school that cares, we're people first, we've always been, we're a very personalized school, we're all about people. Um, we just released another $500,000. So overall, by the end of this year, we'll have, had, we'll have done a million dollars in scholarship, which I think for Lighthouse in its seven-year history is probably going to be one of the most uh, impacting legacies and amazing things that we've done, only because I've seen how much it's impacted every individual, whether student or employee, how much everybody seems to feel together in we're doing something for the people that we serve. Well, we're also in very uncertain economic times. We've seen, say, the food industry, the tourism industry decimated uh, very much. Just look at job losses. How do you feel about the prospects for the technology sector right now? Obviously, uh, you might be a little biased, but uh, explain to us why you are very much uh, in front of this at this moment. So I'm going to start off by saying I don't think I'm too biased because I'm actually a pretty big <laughs> critic of the technology industry right. and it's when it's not right. Um, I'm not a technologist. My background wasn't technology. I'm, I'm in education first. My, my partners and people who built Lighthouse with me were the technologists. Um, so I'd say just in looking in general at tech, I always look at it at a pretty tough lens and say, how, how is this going to help people? Not how is this thing just going to build up for one group or a Silicon Valley company? Um, overall, I think tech is obviously probably one of the best positions possible coming out of COVID. I think when you talk about people making decisions around traveling less, which I think they will over, over time, especially business travel, uh, when you talk about how much more remote work is going to be happening, when you talk about how people are interacting more than ever, just each individually through technology, but also learning to buy online, also learning to do a lot of things that they normally did in person. Um, just that alone tech has a huge opportunity in front of it. And you look at education, it's the same thing. We don't have all the solutions that make online education fantastic. That's only going to build going from here. So what it means is, is that the job prospects in tech are really, really big. And we, we do see them taking big advantage. We see a lot of companies starting to get a little less conservative and go, yeah, this is our moment and this is our time. 
Um, and we see a lot of provincial governments and federal governments and the federal government in Canada really starting to lean towards tech and go, we need you to kind of help us with the job recovery. Uh, so for a school like Lighthouse, we're paying very close attention to it. The one thing we want to make sure of is that people are getting jobs and it's not just automation and it's not just automating people out of jobs, right? And I think that's a very important conversation. There's an ethical conversation happening in tech right now, which I think is a great conversation to have and people are having it more. Um, and I think that's going to be really, that's going to be benefit everybody that that's going on at this moment. Well, maybe we'll leave off with this because you bring up the automation question, but all the numbers I look at... Uh a labor shortage right now in terms of the tech sector, the global tech sector, it's very competitive right now. Isn't it kind of the writing on the wall though? It's like there is still high, high demand for these types of jobs. 100%. I think, I think technology jobs are in super high demand. I think, I mean, COVID, COVID made everybody freeze. They didn't freeze because business necessarily was bad, but they froze because they went, we don't know what happens. Just like everybody else, I think everyone stopped and went, what happens in the world when everything shuts down? Um, tech is doing well. The jobs are there, which I think is is a good sign for anybody in that space. Um, what we are really about, what Lighthouse is about, and as I said in our mission, is helping people transition and helping people transition in a way where their experience and their skill set that they already have is not discounted. The biggest mistake people make when they think about Lighthouse uh, is that they actually consider us a competitor with a university or, uh, or, you know, a replacement. We are not our target demographic and the people who show up to lighthouse labs are 24 to 32 years old. These are people with work experience and they're people. And that's why companies come and hire from us is they get good tech skills. They become developers or data scientists, or they just improve their skill set as digital marketers or HR people or accountants. But what they're doing is they're using their experience when they go into another job with tech. And I think that that's a really, really important part. So even if you're a developer, a full-time developer, the fact that you've been a professional, Tyler, if you were the professional and you're our journalist, um, if you went and worked in any kind of media company, your experience as a journalist while being a developer would help substantially. And I think even just your experience as a professional in any work environment is a real advantage. And that's the big thing that we kind of have to figure out uh, in the next 10 years is how we're going to help a lot of Canadians who've built a lot of work experience not have to start at the beginning again uh, and be able to reskill and adjust without having to change their whole life because they can't afford anything anymore because they're starting an entry level. Uh, Lighthouse is working really hard at that. And I think the tech industry is very focused on that as well. Well, I think you made a very convincing pitch as to why I should become a, a literal technology reporter there. But, um, you know, Jeremy, always great to talk to you. And I, I just want to thank you for joining us on the show. Uh, thanks so much for having me, Tyler. That's Jeremy Shockey. He is CEO of Lighthouse Labs, and that is it for the show today. But you can go to BIV.com for more interviews and more stories there. Until next time, just follow us at Business in Vancouver.